Alexa, remind me to order roses. I just noted hoses in your Amazon cart and sent you no, some Alexa, options. No, Alexa, I said roses. Calling Moses Mobile. Hey babe, don't forget the kids. I won't. Okay. Oh my god. I forgot the kids. Don't forget. I know mom. First things first. Good morning, Liquid Church. Great to see you guys. I want to uh, welcome you to, uh, to our series. First things first, my name's Tim. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we actually have a number of locations who are joining us today on the big screen. Would you guys give a big warm welcome to Essex, Middlesex, Somerset, Garwood, Mountainside. Glad you guys are with us. What's up, guys? Glad you're with us, or if you're church online or on Facebook Live, glad you're here. Um, what we're doing today is kind of unique. We are preparing uh, to start out tomorrow morning on a 21-day fast as a church. Uh, that is for the next three weeks. We're going to invite everybody who, who attends Liquid or calls at home or just or even if you're a visitor, we want to invite you to try something new. Uh, that is an ancient spiritual discipline uh, called fasting. You've probably heard of praying, but fasting is where you give up something physical, typically food, in order to gain something spiritual. And that is a, a deeper more powerful connection with God in 2019. And what we're doing is a Daniel fast uh, where we give up certain foods, not all food, but we actually give up, it's a great kind of starter fast where you give up uh, bread, meat, sweets, uh, you know, alcohol, coffee, all the, all the things that make life worth living basically. Uh, <laughs> And instead, you replace it. You replace it. You eat clean. You eat, uh, you know, primarily fruits and vegetables, nuts. You drink water, that sort of thing. And what we did is last week, if you were here, we passed out a fast card with all the details on the back of it. If you did not get one of these last week, you can pick it up at the Welcome Center at your campus today after the service. Um, I heard from folks who are doing the, the Daniel fast, others who are fasting from social media. They're giving up Instagram and Facebook for three weeks, which... How will you survive, right? Um, and what we're doing, it's, it's like a replacement. You're taking the time you might normally take, you know, preparing food or going out to dinner or, you know, scrolling through, you know, uh, your feed or binge watching Netflix. And what you're doing is replacing it with prayer in Bible reading. And this is so key. You, it is critical that you feast on God's word while you fast. And so what we've done is we've written a 21-day devotional for you, uh, completely free, just to download at liquidchurch.com fast. So that's our website right there, and you can just go and download it. Or if you're one of the cool kids, you just open the mobile app. It's right there, people, okay? Uh, if you have our mobile app, it's under Sunday, and you just, it's already there in your phone. You're ready to go tomorrow morning. Now, T tomorrow is the day the 21-day fast begins. So understand it's not today. Uh, I know some of you are like, I'm going to Smashburger after this. Uh, get my la last licks in kind of thing. Uh, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Monday, January 14th, that's tomorrow is when it begins, kind of with breakfast. And it ends Sunday, February 3rd, which does anybody know what Sunday that is? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Isn't that cool how that worked out? It's like... 
almost like someone planned it. That's amazing. Like, that's like, cool. So, so you get it, right? So you're going to eat clean for like 21 days, and then you come on Super Bowl Sunday here. Come to church, because if you don't, the fast just keeps going on. But if you come, we'll end the fast together, and then you can, you know, just go to town on wings and nachos and, and spend 21 days in the bathroom. So that's... Uh, now, here, here's the deal. This series, First Things First, it's not all about fasting, uh, but today is. Uh, one, one, one message only, but what I want to do is I just want to prepare you um, specifically for the fast with help from a book called The Fasting Edge uh, that I read a couple years ago. It's by Jenison Franklin. He's a wonderful pastor uh, down in Georgia. Uh, he's really inspired me. He's actually led his, his church on, I think, over 24 church-wide corporate fasts over the last three decades. And uh, in it, Pastor Franklin, he tells the story of a couple of lumberjacks who are sitting in the forest. And uh, there's the young, you know, buck, like the young lumberjack who's like 20-something, and then there's like the old guy. So you got like the, you know, the millennial, you know, lumberjack and the guy with the gray beard. And the young lumberjack says to him, he says, hey, old timer, you want to have a tree chopping contest? Uh, and he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you and I work from, you know, dawn to dusk, and, uh, you know, we'll see who chops down the most trees. And uh, the old timer's like, oh, I don't know. He goes, come on, you scared of me? We'll see, old timer. And, of course, you know, he's like, all right, that's fine. And so, you know, three, two, one, they, they start right at 9 uh, a.m., and the young, the young buck, of course, he's like, watch this. He's like, yeah, I do CrossFit, you know. He's like going, he's, he's going to town, and he just like starts wailing away. One, two, boom, first tree falls down. One, two, next tree falls down. So he's just like wailing away. He's working up a sweat. Now the old time is just sitting there. He's just like watching him, you know, like, whoo, I mean, that's, that's tiring. But he doesn't get up. He just watches him for like 10 minutes. And then finally, you know, he's playing around with his axe and he just kind of gets up. He's like, all right, here we go. And he doesn't do it as, as hard. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't use his own strength. He just kind of lets the, the axe do the work, you know, one chop, you know, up, two. And it takes him a bunch of times. And then his first tree falls. But here's what's weird. The young guy sees the old timer after his first tree goes down. He just sits down again. <laughs> and he's like, I got to be kidding me. This old guy's taking a break after every tree. And so the, you know, the, the young guy is just like, I'm going to destroy this guy. And he's just going to town and he's now drenched in sweat and working. And, and so this goes on throughout the day. But the weird thing is, is the old timer, after his tree falls, he goes and sits down every time for about 10 minutes. Well, as the afternoon goes on, they get around to quitting time. It's quarter of five, and five o'clock, we're going to, you know, gonna, we're going to count, and, uh, and we're going to end the thing. And so five o'clock comes, and your young guy's like, ah, oh, my last one, ah, you know, and the tree falls. It's like, okay, stop, everybody, your axes, put them down, walk away. <laughs> and the young guy goes, right here, okay, take a look. And he points over, and he has knocked down two dozen trees, 24 logs all piled up. And everyone's like, well, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good, man. Man, he was fired up. And then they go over to the old timer, and there he is. He's sitting on the stump again. And they're like, how many did you get, Grandpa? And he's like, well, take a look. And they go over, and it is 48 trees. It is double the amount of what the young kid did. And the, the millennial is like, I, I, what? You got to be, sure enough, they're there, 48 trees. He goes, I, I can't believe this. It looks like he jumped in a lake. He's sweating so much. He goes, you, you did double the amount that I did. How is that possible? After every break, you sat down and took a, took a rest. 
And the old time says, no, 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 no. That's, that's where you got it wrong, son. After every tree, I, I wasn't taking a rest. I sat down. But I was sharpening my edge. Because when you sharpen your edge, and you get that thing, oh, you're able to do about three times as deep with a third less cuts. And it was at that moment that the young man realized he'd been swinging in his own strength while Grandpa over here had a secret. And the truth is, I think the problem for a lot of people in life is that you're going through life and you're swinging a dull axe. A lot of people have lost the edge. You know, it doesn't just happen to lumberjacks. It can happen to Christians. We become dull spiritually, right? We sing, but there's no edge to it. We, we lift our hands, but there's no edge. We, we come to church on Sunday, but there's no edge on Monday. No sharpness, no spiritual passion. It just kind of feels dull and routine and ritual. And what I want to tell you this morning is that what fasting does, it gives you back your edge. It's like God taking a stone to your soul and giving you back your edge, your passion for God and the ability to be spiritually productive and successful and actually accomplish the dreams of God for your life. How many of you know it's a whole lot harder to chop a tree down when your edge isn't sharp? It's dull. Well, what fasting is, it's slowing down and stopping and intentionally leaning into God for a season, taking time out and say, God, before I chop down this forest in 2019, you got to sharpen my soul spiritually. This is a puck. It's a, uh, not a hockey puck. It's called a puck. It's a, a sharpening stone. And it's an abrasive, and it's what gives any tool, any blade its edge. And what I want to show you today is a story in the Bible about a man who lost his edge. But with God's help, he got it back. So if you have a Bible, you want to flip there in your mobile app, we're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 6. My guess is this may be a story you've never heard preached on. It's one of those weird stories where you're like, I, I don't even know what to do with that. But in 2019, I think God wants to use this word to wake some of you up this morning. Actually, maybe light a fire under your butt and inspire you to get your edge back spiritually. Now, let me give you a little background, okay? This is a story about an Old Testament prophet named Elisha. Can you say that name? Elisha, yeah. So he's a prophet. It just means that he is this guy, and his job was to speak God's word to God's people, kind of like I'm preaching to you now. And Elisha actually had students. He had a school for prophets, for like other young people who wanted to be used by God. And so he's like training them, but they outgrew the small place that they were meeting. And this is what happened, 2 Kings 6. It says, one day the group of prophets, so these young guys, came to Elisha and told them, well, as you can see, this place where we're meeting with you is too small. We outgrew it, man. So let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. And there we can build a new place for us to meet. Fair enough. So Elisha went with them. And when they arrived at the Jordan River, they began what? They began cutting down trees. You got the picture? So you got, you got this group of, of young guys. There's all the young bucks. They're like, hey, we're going to build a bigger place. And they all get their axes. And Elisha, the old guy, goes down with them to the Jordan River. And they start, you know, oh, gosh, here we go. We're going to chop down some trees. But there's a problem in verse 5. It says, but one of them was cutting a tree 
And what happened? His axe head fell where? Into, into the Jordan River. All right, you got this? So in other words, as the guy's chopping, the steel head of his axe flies off the handle. It goes into the river, okay? It, it, you know, like, like, this, like if I, okay? <laughs> Row four just woke up. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a little haircut this morning, okay? Uh, and so, so his axe head flies in, and he goes, oh, no, oh, sir, he cried. It wasn't even mine. <laughs> it was a borrowed axe. <laughs> and Elisha said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, and he threw it into the water at that spot. And then what happened? Let's read this, church. The axe head floated to the surface. In other words, a miracle happened. Something supernatural. Metal doesn't float in water. And Elisha said, I want you to grab it. And the man reached out and he grabbed it. And with God's help, he got his edge back. This is a story, weird, about a young man who wanted to do something great for God. He, he, had, he had his axe ready for this, this construction project. And they were going to build this little school for the prophets. And, and he felt the call of God on his life. But something terrible happens. Instead of, you know, as he's chopping down the trees, right, this axe head comes off the handle. It's where we get that phrase, flow off the handle. And into the muddy, murky water of the Jordan River. Now, has anybody seen the Jordan River in real life? Let me show you a photo of the Jordan River. This is actually the Jordan River, all right? Some of you are like, I, I thought that was Passaic River, you know. Like, it's like Patterson there, I don't know. That's the Jordan River. A lot of people are surprised because they think the Jordan River is like this, you know, beautiful, fresh, you know, clear and all. No, no, no. The Jordan River actually go to Israel. It's very muddy, very murky. And you get it, right? Iron does not float on water. It actually sinks to the bottom. And so he's got a problem. I just lost my edge in the river. And that's a crisis because this is, okay, there, there's no ace hardware, okay? Like, hey, let's go get a replacement axe. No problem, Right? You don't just go to the hardware store. In fact, this one was borrowed according to, to verse 5, and so now he's got a debt too. I'm imagining this young man's pretty embarrassed, right? He's like, I, I want to be a man of God. I want to do great things. I can't even bring back the axe I borrowed. And he couldn't get it back because he couldn't see it. It sunk to the bottom of the muddy, murky water of the Jordan. The reality is I've spoken to enough of you to know that something similar has happened for some of you spiritually. You've lost your edge, spiritually speaking. In other words, at one time in your life, maybe you had a, a great hunger for God or a, a deep connection to God. You had a, a passion to serve God. And you prayed and it felt like God was talking back. You, you heard his voice and you saw his hand do miracles. But now here in 2019, to start the year, you're like, I, I lost my edge. I don't know what caused it. Maybe something happened in 2018. Maybe there was a crisis. Maybe there was a, 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 an illness or a sickness in your life or your family. Maybe you lost something very near to you. You know, you went through a divorce and you, and you lost your marriage or, or a disappointment or you lost your job. And you think, I'm never going to get that back again. Your edge flew off the handle and the enemy wants to convince you that it's gone for good in the muddy, murky water and you're never going to get it back again. By the way, that's how you know the difference between God's voice and the enemy's voice. You know it's the enemy speaking in your thoughts because he'll say things like, it is gone for good. Your kids, they're gone for good. You got lost kids, they're far from God, you'll never get them back. 
The enemy will say things like, your purpose is lost forever. Your business, it's, it's gone forever. That dream you had, you saw how, it, it, it's gone. You ain't ever getting it back. Your family members who you love are far from God. They'll never come back. But I'm here to tell you today that you serve a God who makes axe heads float on water. Amen? That's who our God is. He's a God of miracles. Yeah, give God a praise if you believe it. God still makes iron swim. That's how the King James actually renders the verse. I love it. It says, and the iron doth swim. <laughs> we are going on this 21-day fast to recover and reclaim the spiritual edge in your life. It's that sense of God's power, his presence poured out, his blessing, his anointing, and we're going to reclaim it through the power of fasting. For the next three weeks through, through this discipline of fasting, I believe God, I believe your prayer life is going to get back the edge. You're not just going to go through the motions, polite routine prayers. There's going to be a supernatural power behind them. I believe in faith that for many of you, your praise life is going to get its edge back. You're, you're, there's going to be a miracle. You're going to come to worship early. <laughs> Instead of slinking in the back during the second song, just kind of like with your call, I see you. <laughs> No, no judgment, no judgment. But you're like, I, you're, something's going to happen and wake up in you and you're going to be like, I got to be in God's presence. I have a hunger for him. I have to recover my passion. I have to reclaim the edge. It is 2019. I've wasted too much time. It's time to get it back. You're going to say, Lord, I want you to, however long it takes, I'm going to take a time out. I want you to take that stone to my soul and sharpen me. I got to get my edge back. And I understand right now some of you don't have the faith for that. You're like, Tim, you don't understand. I I lost it, man. I've been lukewarm for so long. I lost my passion for God a long time ago. Or, or maybe you're just like, I look at 2018, man. I messed up morally. Maybe you fell back into some old addiction and you're like, hey, I'm not even starting 2019 in a free place. I'm enslaved to some old habit like pornography or painkillers. But let me tell you something. This fast is about sharpening your edge and crying out to God and saying, God, in your power, would you actually sever those addictions for good and chop them up at the roots in the name and power of Jesus Christ? So this fast, understand, it's for, for serious Christians who want to recover their spiritual edge again. If you're here and you're like, that's me. I, how do I get my edge back? Well, look at those scriptures. There's three steps here that you'll see in 2 Kings. If you're taking notes, you can fill in the blank. And the first step is this. It's just to admit that you've lost it. You actually have to take a moment and be brutally honest before God and admit, I'm not sharp spiritually right now. You may have been at one point, but here in January, you're just dull. You're just going through the motions. Maybe you're just going through the motions in your marriage or you're going through the motions at work. I'm guessing I'm speaking to somebody here who you're going through the motions at, at work or, or maybe your business is having trouble and, and everything you touch, it just seems to fall apart. But it wasn't always that way. And the enemy wants to whisper to you, it's gone, it's lost in the muddy, murky river forever. This is the year God's gonna give you back your edge. He's gonna sharpen your ax through this fast, but you gotta admit that you lost it first. And that's how it starts. Look at verse 5. The boy cries out when the edge goes into the river. It says, but as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. You know, there's two great rivers in the Bible. The Jordan and the Nile. <laughs> know where I'm going with this. Guys, denial 
is not just a river in Egypt. (laughs) Denial is a river that runs through the church. And there are many Christians here today, I believe, under the sound of my voice, all our campuses that are in denial. This fast is an invitation for you to come clean and admit something to your Father in heaven, that that your edge is dull, that your tank is empty. It's okay. No judgment. It happens to all of us. But you, maybe your passion is low. Maybe you're just like, I can't, I can't do this fast. I'm already so overwhelmed by now. I'm overwhelmed at work. I've got situations at home that are stressing me out to start the year. Do you know what? You're in a blessed place. Jesus said, blessed are those who are at the end of their rope because when you admit your dullness and you don't have what it takes, it makes you desperate for God. I have to have heaven's touch in my life. I can't go another day with going through the motions or trying to chop trees with a dull ax. So don't feel bad if you feel bad. You're blessed. God has you in that spot. He's waking you up this morning. It happens to every Christian at some point in their walk with Jesus, including me. You know, in Revelation, you guys remember we studied Revelation. We looked at these seven letters that Jesus wrote to seven churches in the end times. And the first church is like this bunch of Christians who live in the city of Ephesus, modern-day Turkey. And you remember what God says to them? At first, Jesus actually applauds them. He says, you guys are an awesome church. He, he commends their hard work and their perseverance. I read that, and I, I remember thinking, like, I'd like to think on our best day, Jesus would commend our church for our hard work, the way that so many of you serve on the dream team and the outreach and feeding the hungry and taking care of kids. But then Jesus says, yeah, I, I, I got one thing to hold against you. Jesus says, you have forsaken the what? The love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. And then Jesus gives the prescription. Repent, turn around, and what? Do the things you did at first. What's the name of the series? First things first. first. Maybe years ago, you were on fire for Christ. You had this love in your heart, but the passion went out. And it's okay. It happens to all of us sometimes. But Jesus says, don't stay there. You can get it back. How, Lord? Repent. Turn around. Do the things you did at first. Guys, that's why we're starting the year with a 21-day fast. We do first things first at Liquid Church. And in last year, we, we gave those 40 days of fasting and prayer to start the year to revitalize or rekindle our love for the Lord. And let me tell you, it transformed our entire year. 2018 was a year of absolute breakthrough in every way. Guys, we had breakthrough baptisms in this church, people publicly giving their lives to Christ. Do you know we baptize more than one person on average every day of the year? Last year, give God a praise for that. We had breakthrough generosity, people's hearts opened, our our worship nights were anointed. If you were there, you felt the presence of God. We saw miracles, we saw healings. Don't let the enemy whisper a lie that your passion is gone forever, that you've lost your edge and you can't get it back. Repent, Jesus says. Retrace your steps. Go back. Do the things you did at first. That's the first step. You got to be honest to God. Admit that you lost your edge. The second step you'll see here is then you got to ask God to help you reclaim it. In other words, it's not like, all right, I, I, yeah, I got to swing harder. I got to get back. No, 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 no. That's your own strength. That's how you got here. Notice here in verse six, Elijah said to the guy, hey, where did it fall off? In other words, retrace your steps. And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a what? Cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. 
and then the axe had floated to the surface. Now notice, the Bible says Elisha said, freeze everybody. The axe head went in the water. He didn't dive in the water. He said, everyone freeze, don't walk, don't move. And he looked around, and they're chopping wood, and he picked up a tree branch, a stick. And he touched the water with the stick. What does that mean? What's that symbolize? Here's a key for interpreting Old Testament. Every story in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus in the New Testament. Every miracle is pointing to the miracle maker. And I believe that wooden tree represents the wooden tree that Jesus Christ was crucified on. That wooden cross where your Savior sacrificed his life to buy back yours. And what's the point? The point is when Jesus' cross touches an area of your life where something's broken or lost, something supernatural happens. Heaven's power touches earth and the axe head floats. The iron doth swim. That guy got his job back. He got his joy back. He got his strength back. He got his purpose back. What is God going to give you back in this fast? Notice that the axe head didn't magically jump out of the water and put itself back on the handle. That would have been cool. It's not a magic trick. God made it float in the water and that's significant because then Elijah said, I want you to do something. I want you to grab it. And the man reached out and grabbed it. I think that's significant. God has a part for you to play in the miracle. And it's called fasting. Elisha said to that boy, God's going to do a miracle, but you've got a part to play. God made the edge float, but I want you to go over there and grab it for yourself. You've got to take action to get your edge back. Guys, that's why we're fasting for 21 days. The fast is what you can do. The fast is your part. The axe head floating, that's God's part. There's always two parts to every miracle in the Bible. There's the part you play in the natural realm, and there's the part that God plays in the supernatural. And when you fast, you're doing something physical. You're denying yourself food or drink or social media or something that gratifies your flesh, and you're opening the door to God's supernatural power in your spirit to do what only he could do. As Jenison Franklin writes, he says, when you set aside time for fasting and prayer, you see greater results. Oh, sure, you can keep cutting with a dull ax, powering along in your own strength, but I would rather get more done operating under the power of God, amen? amen. A few days out of an entire year is not a long time, but it yields great reward. Fasting gives you back your edge. It gives you the power to do far more than you could possibly accomplish in your own strength and finite understanding. It's like that opening story I just told you about the two lumberjacks, right? It's actually having the wisdom of the old timer to sit down and say, before I go clearing this forest in 2019, God, I'm taking a time out and I'm gonna do what's most important. First things first, God, I need you to sharpen my edge. Before I take on that project at work, before I try to rebuild my marriage, my relationship, my kids, God, you gotta take a stone to my soul. He's got a lot ahead for you in 2019, church, but fasting is a short-term denial that releases long-term rewards. I really believe that. And so do DJ and April Mills. They're a couple from our congregation who did the 40-day Daniel fast last winter. 
and their family saw God do something supernatural in their life. I want you to listen to their testimony. And roughly in January, our landlord gave me a call and said some things went down in his life and unfortunately he had to uh, move this property, which put us in a little bit of a scramble and to find a place to live. It was just panic. We were just looking everywhere as fast as we could. I, we were downloading real estate apps. We were trying to find different types of foreclosure mortgages. We were scrambling for anything. The most discouraging part of the process was that we just had no money. The lack of control and not knowing what's going to happen and just feeling like we were just in a frenzy trying to figure this out because it was on a time constraint. When we heard about the Fast at Liquid, we immediately wanted to participate because we needed God's direction more than anything. The last time we did the Fast with Liquid, we really drew closer to God and it really intensified our relationship with Him. And we felt like we heard Him so much more clearly. And at this point in our life, we needed to hear God clearly. Watching our housing situation come together was kind of like riding a roller coaster. Um, we had no money in the bank zero. We really were having to trust God on this. Being that DJ was the only one working at the time, we couldn't get approved without uh, a co-signer. I got a hold of our landlord and told him, listen, we're thinking about buying the place. The day before he was going to put the house on the market is when our mortgage got approved. But the problem is, is we have no money for closing costs. We have none. And, uh, and he offered to cover the closing costs for us. God answered our prayers for a home, but the best part about fasting was knowing that God would come through. We asked God to move, and, and He moved. So we started the fast not having any idea where we were even going to live, um, and we closed the fast um, as homeowners, and we ended the fast the day we closed on our home. If you're thinking about fasting, I would definitely go for it. From previous times, fasting always brought me closer to God. So if your heart is looking for God, you're gonna find Him. You hear God more clearly, you're closer to Him, you can discern His will. You find yourself, instead of fighting against what God is trying to do in your life, um, going with Him, um, as opposed to fighting against Him. And I feel like that's what fasting does, is it aligns you more with the will of God in your life. Praise in the mills as well, just sharing their story, isn't that cool? That's <laughs> Not only did I have money for a house, they didn't have money to the closing costs. And the owner of the house said, I just feel compelled to pay your closing costs. In New Jersey, that is a bona fide miracle. Yeah, okay? <laughs> I heard one of you just go, that's God. Yeah, that's God. Yeah, that's God. I don't want you to miss what April said at the end. See, fasting isn't like this magic wand, but she said, fasting aligns you more with the will of God. Think of it this way. When you fast... You get God's alignment for your assignment. In other words, here's God's will, and we're mostly living like this. Well, here's my will. <laughs> but when you fast, it brings your will into alignment with God's will, and you get His alignment for your assignment. The fast is what you can do. The miracle is what God can do. Do you have a mountain that needs moving? You're trying to sell your house, or, or maybe you're trying to buy a house in 2019. Or maybe you're trying to start a family. You want to have kids. Can I encourage you? Don't freak out. Fast for it. 
When you invite God's power into your problems, you get heaven's provision. How many of you know there's just some situations in life, in the natural world, there are problems in your life that they're not going to budge and you can swing an axe all day long for days, months, weeks, even years, and you couldn't make a dent in your own strength. But when you take a time out and actually sit down a season out to fast and get God to sharpen your edge, guys, that's when the breakthrough comes because now you're swinging a sharpened axe with the power of heaven behind it. Amen? Guys, we're serious. Watch out. <laughs> we almost just had a spontaneous healing service right there. That was woo. God, we're serious about fasting and prayer liquid. You know why? Because the Bible says it moves the heart of God. It also moves the hand of God. And last year in this church, we, ju we just saw breakthrough after breakthrough in our campuses. And I believe so many of it can be attributed right back to the power of that 40-day fast. At every campus, I mean, we saw babies conceived. We have an avalanche of fast babies right now in the nursery. Apologies if you're like lined up at the door there. Uh, we had many, many couples, seriously, who were, who were struggling with infertility and, uh, and they're starting families. Here we are, you know, a year later. And listen, if it didn't happen for you, don't get bummed out. It's not because, you know, like, oh, did I miss something? Fast for it again. Understand, fasting, you're not putting a gun to God's head like, you got to do this now for me. Okay? You don't have to do anything. It's his will. It's his timing. He's not a gumball machine. Put a quarter in, this comes out. But what you're doing is you're saying, God, would you align our will with your will, your timing with our timing? We saw marriages healed, couples who thought their relationship was lost forever, but God recovered the passion and restored their marriage. We saw people's careers, people who lost jobs in the river, starting over and flourishing. We saw addictions broken in Jesus' name, long-time addictions. So let me encourage you, those of you who struggle with addiction or temptation, we just talk about that openly here. When you fast, it, it is powerful. Because you are weakening your, your flesh man and your inner spirit man is getting stronger. Fasting builds your spiritual willpower. It, the temptation won't go away. This time you'll just have strength. It, you'll, you'll be tempted just as you were before. I'll even just say if you fast, you'll be tempted maybe more. Remember Jesus fasted for 40 days in the desert? What happened? Devil came at him three times to tempt him. Jesus had to go fight club with the devil three times. So understand, if you fast, the devil's going to tempt you. He's, maybe he's doing it this morning. He's like, you can't do this. Everyone can do it but you. You're too weak. If you don't have coffee, you'll get headaches. You'll never survive. <laughs> devil's going to tempt you. The only question is this. When he comes at you, do you want to fight him with a dull axe or you want a sharp edge when he rears his head? You want to say, I've been waiting on you, devil. Come on. It's on. Bring it. Oh, I figure I'd show you. I got nice and sharp. When he raises his head, you hand his head back to him. Amen. Give God a praise. There's power in God's name in the fast. You got to call on it. You got to reach out and grab it. I'm serious. I'm fired up because I've been praying and fasting a little this week. And I'm like, I need to tell you, there are some things in the spiritual world where victory doesn't come any other way. In Matthew 17, Jesus helped a boy who was afflicted by demons. And when Jesus kicked the devil out, you know what he says? He says, this kind doesn't go out except one way. By what? They're like, what's the secret, Jesus? We couldn't do it. Yeah, you ain't been praying and fasting. Fasting is where you fetch strength against the devil. 
Fasting is where you fetch God's strength against satanic strongholds. And I just believe in faith that there's somebody here and God's going, you're going to fast this year and it's going to be like you had this pornography addiction your whole life and God's going to chop it off at the roots. Somebody's got an addiction to food and God says, I, through the fast, I'm going to sever it at the roots. You got an addiction to pills or maybe, God, you don't have to live as an addict your whole life. Jesus can rip up those roots. You don't have to live as a victim. I believe for some of you, you're going to fast and somebody understand my voice. God is going to sever the roots of bitterness from a broken relationship that you've never been able to get past. Your identity is not victim, it is not addict, it is beloved child of God with the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you, amen? God can do this. This is not a game. This is your soul and what's at stake. You gotta give your whole life to God and let him sharpen your ax and sever every bond in your life that isn't holy. You guys, you gotta have laser focus. That's the final step. I wanna challenge you to focus your fast. Is there a specific situation that you're fasting for? The purpose of most fasts in the Bible is not generic. It's highly specific. It was done at a specific time for a specific reason. If you look at Queen Esther, she actually in the Old Testament calls for a three-day fast when her people were in danger of being wiped out. There was like a genocide going on. She's like, the whole nation were fasting for three days. The prophet Samuel called the fast for national revival. He saw the government being ineffective and the nation going down the drain. He said, we need revival. I think we got to do the Samuel fast. All throughout the Bible, you'll see God's people voluntarily refraining from food for a certain period of time so they can have a more powerful encounter with the God of their soul. In the book of Daniel, the young prophet made a, a vow to God through fasting. This is what's inspired our Daniel fast. Here's what it says. It says, at that time... I, Daniel, mourned for how long, church? 21 days. What did Daniel do? I ate no choice food. No what? No meat. Well, I just stop right there. No meat. No T-bone. No smash burger. No McDonald's. Well, there's no meat there anyway, so just kind of. <laughs> no meat or what? No Merlot. <laughs> Touched my lips. And I used no Aveeno at all until the three weeks were over. For three weeks, Daniel pushed away from his normal routine of eating meat, drinking alcohol, and he afflicted his soul in order to seek God's breakthrough. And you remember what happened? At the end of 21 days, God said, I heard your prayer, and he released a powerful vision that changed Daniel's entire life. So what can you fast for? The answer is anything and everything. Singles, do you have a desire to marry? Did God put a, like in your heart, like, man, I just, I want to marry that last, that's a holy desire, that's great. Fast for a mate. Say, God, I want to start a family. Would you align my will with yours? I'm seeking your will for my life. Is there a mountain? We sing, move the mountains. Is there an unmovable, it's too big for you? It's a key decision where you're like, I got to have God's guidance. I can't go on my feelings. Maybe you need healing for your health or a marriage that needs mending or there's a situation at work where you need his breakthrough, before you fret and worry, fast first. Seek God. Watch him move. I'll leave you with this detail. This is cool. This is for somebody. Um, if you're wondering what to fast for, let me share this. This is something cool I learned just in my research. Uh, there's a fast, like a noun, like we're doing a fast, but then fast is used as a verb. I'm going to fast for da-da-da. 
When you use the verb fast, you know what the definition of it is in the Bible? Fast means to cover your mouth. And it's a double meaning. In other words, you get the obvious meaning. You cover your mouth. You refrain from eating food. But have you ever had a situation happen in your life that came out of nowhere and when you heard the news, you went, oh no. Like you instinctively covered your mouth. Let me tell you something that I'm fasting for. This week I heard some news that literally made me cover my mouth. There's a sweet boy in our church named Caleb. That, that's him right here, second from the left. I love Caleb. This is his whole family, the Hamburgers, amazing people. And, uh, and Caleb, uh, leave, I'll just come clean. I love, I love you all. I love everyone who attends Liquid. Caleb's my favorite. <laughs> He's just like one of the sweetest kids because he, he comes up to me every Sunday and he always has a smile and he, and he gives me a hug. He says, feel my muscles, Pastor Tim. And I feel his muscles. And, and, uh, and Caleb has Down syndrome. These are actually his support dogs. They're, they're King Charles Cavalier. You know their names? That's Samson and that's Delilah. <laughs> true, true story. So, uh, so over break though, I got a text that said Caleb is in the hospital. I was like, what? I said, yeah, he's actually in the ICU. He has bleeding on his brain. And I... It made me cover my mouth. I said, no, 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 not Caleb. And our spiritual care team swung into action, you know, so proud of them, just like praying for him, supporting his parents, Mike and, and Jamie and their, their kids and offering meals and everything. But Caleb's situation got worse and they took him down to, uh, to CHOP, to uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And uh, there's an infection in his brain. And the doctors, they're not quite sure what to do. They're fighting it with antibiotics, but we're not sure what's next. And I just covered my mouth and I said, God, this fast is for Caleb. That's going to be a focus of my fast. So the time that I would have spent over the next three weeks, you know, preparing meals or, or, or looking at social media, I'm going to swipe this photo of Caleb on my phone and pray for the Hamburger family and say, God, would you just reach in and in the blood and the name of Jesus, would you heal that boy 100% in the name of Jesus? Is there a situation in your life that's made you cover your mouth? Someone you love maybe is in crisis. Fast for them. Maybe you're at a crossroads in your family or with a loved one or your career. Fast for it. Focus for 21 days and then watch. Trust God with the outcome. I'm here to tell you and be realistic. It may not happen right away overnight, but fasting, I believe, early in the year, it's like, putting God's down payment on the future. You're planting seeds of faith. And the Bible says you will reap a harvest of righteousness at the right time. So you may not see the results right away. It may be days, weeks, maybe it's later in the year, but there'll be this moment where you see God's hand break through and the Holy Spirit will remind you that God is saying, I saw that. I saw your tears. I heard your cry, and I've come to help my people. Friends, out of the pit of my soul, I'm telling you, you gotta get your edge back. You gotta get your passion back. You gotta feel it in your heart. 
You gotta let the tears flow. You gotta cry out to God. Let's just do it right now. God, we're just praying to you. God, I can't, we come before you. We're powerless, God. But you are all powerful. And I pray for Caleb right now, God. Just put your hands up. God, we pray for him. We lift our hands up. We have nothing in our hands to move. But God, Jesus, you're the great physician. And you can do all things. And so, Father, just as you touched that woman with the issue of blood, touch Caleb Hamburger in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise him up, God. 100%, God. Recovery and health. We're going to praise you for it, God. Move, Father, I pray. God, I pray just move in us right now. God, I am just confess to you, God, I'm dull. I got to get my edge back. God, my, my passion's dull. My preaching's dull. My my prayers are dull. God, give me my edge back. I God, give our church its edge back. We need your Holy Spirit in this place. We can't go in our own strength. We need the Spirit now in our families, in our worship. We're so sorry where we've just gone through the motions and phoned it in. Forgive us, God. And so we consecrate this fast right now to you. God, the next three weeks, we are just dedicating it to you. And when the breakthrough comes, and if we see miracles, God, we're not going to worship the miracles. We're going to worship the miracle maker. And we're going to give you glory. Give him praise. Give him praise. It's all glory to you, God. Do it.